Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. Um, I did work hard to find my own cup for today because my husband has his own nice one. I don't know if you've noticed, but it has, it's really sharp. It's got his name on it, Pastor Richard, the Now Church logo, so nice. And I thought, well, I sure can't use that this morning because when he watches this, he's going to go, what were you doing drinking out of my cup? (laughs) Because my husband's a bit of a germaphobe. And that's how I knew that one of the reasons, that's one of the reasons I knew he loved me because when we were dating, I would say, you know, he'd say, would you like something to drink? And I'd say, no thanks, I'll just have a sip of yours. (laughs) And he would be like, what? (laughs) And so I knew, I knew when he, um, he let me, but you know, I'm so thankful for him because after pandemic, I have a whole new perspective of the whole germ thing. Um, and I, I used to look at it as it being a phobia, but now I look at it as being a gift, <laughs> that he is the way he is. You know, have you seen those exposés or whatever where they'll go in these hotel rooms and they'll take swabs and they'll do these tests of germs and yuck, and, and, then, and then, oh, just what I need to see on the airplane, one of the dirtiest places, you know, well travel with my husband, it's all taken care of. I let him do his thing. He has his whole routine cleaning everything around on the airplane and taking care of things. And then when we go check in the hotel, he's there doing, and I just sit and I just wait for him to do all the cleaning and I am so grateful. So it's a blessing. It is a gift that I am thankful for. So I have my own cup today. (laughs) But anyway, um, you know, we have been taking this month And we have been sharing what the secret sauce is for ourselves, for each one of us, because each one of us has a different secret sauce. And I didn't tell anyone yet what mine is. So you're hearing it first here today. Um, But but what, what he's meaning, what my husband meant by our secret sauce is, what's the basic principle of our staying strong and lasting, long lasting, in our relationship with God and our walk with God all of these years or what is our secret sauce. Um, I began to write out some notes and then I just found it flowing like a story like I was writing a book. So um, I will have this in my book one day. But uh, for right now, I'm just going to read this to you if you don't mind. So sit back, I'll tell you a story. I've known the Lord for most of my life. It's been a long journey, and I will stop and interject here that I didn't know there was such a thing as celebrating half birthdays. Uh, It's a new thing, I guess, that everybody's going crazy about because I've received all these emails. I even got another one yesterday. I guess my half birthday was Friday. Like, I really need to be reminded that I'm halfway to 62. (laughs) But anyway, you know, giving me a piece of cake or an appetizer isn't going to help me right now in that. But anyway, it's been a long journey. I actually had an encounter with Jesus when I was seven years old. 
Up until that time, I wasn't raised in a Christian home. We'd never gone to church. My mom was on the verge of a nervous breakdown and depression, not knowing where else to turn. She contacted the minister who had performed their wedding ceremony and dedicated me to the Lord as a baby. He encouraged her to come to church. So we began to attend. After the music and announcements in the main service, they would dismiss the children for children's church. Each week, they would pass around a little wafer and a small cup of juice. At first, I thought it was a strange snack, but then I realized it was something more. I asked my mom if she knew what it was, and she told me I should ask the pastor myself. Reverend Fritch would stand at the doors greeting everyone at the close of the service. He was like a grandfather with his white hair, and I would always love to give him a hug. I waited my turn, and I asked my question. His answer was, how about if I come to your house for a visit this week and explain it to you? I looked to my mom, and she nodded it would be okay. I was so excited. I waited all evening by the window for him to arrive. I sat next to him on the couch. Very carefully, he explained to me about sin, Jesus' death on the cross, and being raised from the dead, the gift of salvation. Taking communion was to remember what Jesus did for us. He told me when I was ready, all I needed to do was ask Jesus to forgive my sins and to come into my heart. Mom then said it was time for bed. I was so thankful he made it so clear and simple for me, and he didn't ask me to pray with him then and there. He did pray for me, and then I went to my room. I couldn't wait to pray. I knelt down next to my bed. And as I asked the Lord to forgive me for my sins, I began to sob. The tears kept coming. I told him I wanted him to come into my heart. And suddenly, this great peace filled the room. I felt like Jesus himself was standing at the end of my bed. There were waves and waves of love washing over me. That is the night I began my relationship with the Lord. 1 Corinthians 11, verses 23 through 26. And I'm going to read to you out of the Passion Translation. I've handed down to you what came to me by direct revelation from the Lord himself. The same night in which he was handed over or betrayed, he took bread and gave thanks. Then he distributed it to the disciples and said, Take it and eat your fill. It is my body which is given for you. Do this to remember me. He did the same with the cup of wine after supper. And he said, This cup seals the new covenant with my blood. Drink it. And whenever you drink this, do it to remember me. Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are retelling the story, proclaiming our Lord's death until he comes. That is why communion has always been so powerful to me. By the way, our next communion is going to be a special time um, right before Thanksgiving on the 13th of November. It's during our Sunday night um, uh, churchwide prayer. 
And so we're going to have a special Thanksgiving communion then. Just a side note. Anyway, through communion, I found Christ. And it's a way that I can remember what he did for me. So my secret sauce is remembering. Is remembering. And that's why even today, I had asked Pastor Lindsay last week, I said, I'm not going to tell you what my secret sauce is, but can you do me a favor? And can we, by any chance, do the great I am? And he's like telling me the other day, I'm sorry, no, doesn't look like we're able to do it. So I was so excited when I heard it because think about it. As I lift my hands to worship you, I remember all and how you brought me through. Your grace is always there for me. Now I see you are the great I am. Not only do I remember my salvation, but I found there's such a key in remembering all that he has done. As I said earlier, it's been a long journey serving God, and I wish I could say that I've been a really good Christian, and I've done very well in this journey, and that it's been great. But I've failed God a lot of times. I've made a lot of mistakes. I've done a lot of things that I'm not proud of. And yet, I always found that as I remembered what he's done in my life, I always remembered the love he had for me. And I always remembered the power of the cross. And just like we even sang earlier, about the power of the cross that he took and washed our sins. He, he set us free. He brought that freedom and that forgiveness is ours. And so I know that one thing through all of my journey, I've never been alone. Since I was seven years old, I've always had that realization that I'm not alone, that Jesus is always with me. Just like I felt his presence at the end of my bed, I, I I honestly didn't want to freak anybody out, but I saw him. I saw him when I was seven years old standing there. I saw an image of Jesus standing there with me. And I'll never forget, and I know that the word of God tells me that no matter what I'm going through, the Bible says that he's right there holding my right hand. And there's times that I've gone through in my life that I remember he's right there with me. You know, there, through, the, through the journey of life, you go through a lot. There's, listen, I've been through the pain of loss. I've been through those moments of fear. I've been through the questions and the, and the wonderings and the betrayal and the lies and the confusion. I've been through all of these things in my years. But I've always known that no matter, even if I feel like he lost my phone number or blocked me or something... <laughs> that he's there he's right with me no matter what but I did realize this and this is an important point is I realized that the times that I wasn't as strong in my walk with God over the years is the time that I was not in church this could be a whole separate message right here but I'm just going to tell you, being in church and being an active part of a church is very vital to your spiritual life. Yes. 
in your spiritual walk. And the people in the room said, and the people online said, you ought to be here. Anyway, (laughs) but the thing is, is that it is, it is some, so important having that place of accountability, connection, consistency, and where the living, powerful, powerful word of God is preached into your life. There's something about that. And I look back and I realize the time that I wasn't doing as well in my relationship with God is the time I wasn't in church. And people can say, well, I stay strong in God and I'm good and I read my Bible and I do that. But I'm telling you, in my own life and what I've seen over the years, there's no substitution for being a part, an active part of the house of God. And and so... I'm telling you, I, I know just even, let's read in Psalm 77 and I'll, and I'll say this. Psalm 77 and 11 through 13, also in the Passion, it says, Yet I could never forget all your miracles, my God, as I remember all your wonders of old. I ponder all you've done, Lord, musing on all your miracles. It's here in your presence, in your in your sanctuary, where I learn more of your ways. For holiness is revealed in everything you do. Lord, you're the one and only, the great and glorious God. So, remember this. If you, stray, if you stay away, you're going to stray away. If you stay away, you're going to stray away. And I would bet you money on that. Anyway, I don't bet. <laughs> but King, King David is one who used this secret sauce to remember. All of his life, he would remember what God had done. When he faced Goliath, even as a youth, he ended up remembering. And that's what gave him the courage and the confidence that God would be with him. That he was willing to say, I'll take care of this giant. Because he knew God was with him. Now think about Goliath. And I want to say, this is not just a nice little story. This is in the Bible. It is truth. This, is, this really happened. And you can look throughout the word and you can see examples of where there were, really a, a, a tri- there were really tribes of giants. There were really people who were giants. That means they were not 40 feet tall like you'd see in a movie. Okay, But they were extra big, tall people. And tall people like being, they're saying that Goliath was over nine feet tall. And do you know how big David was at that time? He wasn't even five feet tall, they say. Now, think about that. Here, David is, as a youth, coming along and saying, I can take care of this. And I want to I tell you also, Goliath was taunting. He was intimidating. He would just sit there and taunt the people and taunt the army, and they would be getting so shaken up. You know, you know this is one thing that gets me when I watch men in sports. I think it's so funny because these guys, they just talk, man. They just, they just talk anyway. And they just, they just go on and they'll just say all these things. I've watched guys out playing basketball or even baseball or football, and they're just like, talking all this 
stuff. Anyway, so here, I guess that's part of it, right? You got to psych yourself up and you got to psych out your opponent, right? So anyway, David did this. And, um, and I mean, Goliath did this. And he comes out as this giant over nine feet tall. Just his helmet and the, the mesh armor that he wore alone was 125 pounds. Now, if you're going to be wearing that all day, you know you're strong. Okay, his heavy, thick spear had a spearhead alone. The spearhead weighed 15 pounds. And he's carrying that around and wearing that. And he's out there taunting. And 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 32 through 37 in the New Living says, David says, don't worry about this Philistine. He told Saul, I'll go fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy. And he has been a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. He said, when a lion or bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and I rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I've done this to both lions and bears. Not just one time. He says, I've done this to lions and bears. And I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too. For he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. He was encouraged and strengthened and confident in his God because of what he'd already walked through and been through. He remembered that. Also happened again with King David in 1 Samuel chapter 30. He was in the, it was talk, this is the story of the battle of Ziklag. And there David and his men, they'd been in heavy battle. And they came home to find as they were exhausted and weary from, from just fighting so much. And they got back to their camp, to their city where they lived. And they found that everything had been destroyed. And not only had everything been destroyed, but they also found that their families had been kidnapped and everything they had had been taken. Well, the men, first of all, when you're exhausted, everything seems worse anyway, right? So here they are, exhausted, coming home and thinking, probably on their way, man, I can't wait to get back. My wife makes the best pot roast, <laughs> something like that, you know, and ready to enjoy a meal with their family and see their kids and have them come hug their neck. Hey, daddy, glad you're back. And instead, they find devastation. And these men were so grieving that they cried, the Bible says, until they couldn't cry anymore. And then they started to turn on David. And they began to get very bitter, so bitter and starting to blame, because guess what? That, that is human nature as well. When you're upset and you go through something, let me find someone to blame. Let me find something to blame. And so they turned that towards David, and they talked about killing him. That's how upset they were. And then David, the Bible says, 
found strength in the Lord his God. He knew how to encourage himself in the Lord. See, that's what remembering will do for you. When you remember what God has done, you have to know that he doesn't run out of miracles, that he's not off the job, that he is always working and always moving, and he is going to take care of things. He is going to take care of you. And so David knew how to build his strength back up by encouraging himself in the Lord. Notice it wasn't self-help. Let me encourage myself. Let me get my mirror and just start talking good things to myself. Hello. It's not going to do it. You have to get your strength from God. All throughout the Psalms, we see David took this same principle. He remembered He remembered, he remembered, he remembered of what God had done and was able to do. Psalm 103, write that down and read it sometime this week if you would. Because that's a reminder so you can remember his benefits. It's so good to just see the goodness of God, the love of God through his benefits for you. Also, Psalm 107, that's also a great psalm to read through. Because it's a reminder of his rescuing power and mercy. Even the scripture we prayed when the hurricane was heading here. Several times we've had this where we've taken a stand and prayed this scripture and promise was taken out of Psalm 107. Where he hushed the hurricane winds to a whisper. The earlier scripture says, we cried to the Lord and he rescued us. You'll see the pattern of that all through Psalm 107. We cried to the Lord. Even the things, it says, even though we messed up and we made wrong turns and wrong mistakes, but we cried to the Lord and he rescued us. Remembering all God has done brings encouragement and strength to us. And an encouragement brings hope. And hope brings faith. Hebrews 11.1 one. Now faith brings hope into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. Do you have things that are still unseen that you've lost hope for? This is where encouraging yourself and what you've seen God do in your life, will bring the strength and encourage you to move forward and to to begin to have faith rise in you. Hope will bring that faith. Look around this earth today. Look around our own community. Look around even maybe in our own families and see some of the hopelessness that is there and realize how we can bring hope to those people. Another way to say remember is not to forget. Don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. We see this all throughout the word. And just as I said, David wrote throughout the Psalms, remember his love, don't forget his love. Don't forget his word and his covenant. Remember his promises to you. Remember his benefits. 
Remember his miracles or works of God. Remember to do good and to share. Remember to give thanks. Pastor Chris was talking about gratitude, us singing about that today. And then don't forget that he won't forget you. God's faithful. No matter what you've done or how bad you think you failed, he loves you and he wants you to remember that. The enemy beats you up sometimes and tells you, well, you've blown that. You've missed out on that. There's no way you're going to be able to do what you want to do or what you're supposed to do because you have blown it. And then you think, oh, how can God love me because of how much I've let him down or disappointed him? But that's what we can't forget is love. Nothing can separate us from his love. That's what the word promises us. Nothing, nothing you can do will take the love he has for you. Because see, his love is unconditional. It's not based on your works. It's not based on what you do or not do. It's based on his love. His love, we can't comprehend it. So be encouraged that God is faithful. And he wants you to remember that. He wants us to remember that. I want to pray for you this morning. Father, I thank you for the promises of your word. I thank you, Lord, for simple reminders that we need as human beings. That we need to remember. We need to remember what you did for us, the price you paid for us, Lord. We need to remember that your blood cleanses us from all of our sins. We need to remember that you want relationship with us. And we need to remember that you want us to grow in that relationship and get to know you more and walk with you closer. Lord, we need to remember your peace and your joy. We need to remember your goodness and faithfulness that no matter what we go through, you're right there with us. And not only are you with us, but you're cheering us on. Lord, I just thank you that today anyone who's felt that they're too far gone would be rescued today by this word. Lord, anyone who's forgotten, I ask you that you would help them to remember. Let your love just come and minister to them. Jesus. As you keep your heads bowed, I just want to give an opportunity to you. As I said, I knew the Lord most of my life, yet it's not just about, well, I know God, I know of God. No, it's about entering in, like I said, at seven years old, making that decision to ask him into my heart, to ask him to take my life and be Lord of it. 
that's what it takes that you make that decision because taking communion is a reminder of what Jesus did for us, the price he paid for us. And yet, it's that gift of salvation that we have to receive that gift. So if you have not received that gift, I ask you, please, before you leave here today, make sure you receive the gift of salvation. And it's that simple to just say, Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for all the times I've messed up, all the things I've done wrong. I ask you to let your blood wash me and cleanse me. I ask you to be Lord of my life. And that's where it begins. It's vital that you have that salvation experience in your walk with God to start a walk with God. And then you continue to grow in that. So I just ask you to make sure that you do that today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video event registration, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you.